Hey guys, this is Mike Mahaffey, the old bastard BJJ guy, here for BJJ Mental Models. Back in my day, we had to walk uphill in the snow both ways to get to the academy just to learn some crappy technique from a random purple belt. You kids have it so easy, because now you can just subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium and get tons of great audio courses to learn new techniques, enhance your mindset, and entertain yourself. You can even get personalized rolling reviews from some of your favorite BJJ Mental Models coaches, including me. It's like having your own seminar, you spoiled little whippersnappers. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium right now, get off my lawn, and go train. Hey, welcome to BJJ Mental Models, episode 38. I'm Steve Kwan. Good evening. You know, one of these days, I... I think we need – I was thinking about doing like a really, really serious professional intro. Like, you know, good evening, folks. Tonight, we're going to take you on a journey into yourself. And your teen. <laughs> and your teen. <laughs> okay, for all, for all of you guys out there who complain about all of the taint talk, I'll have you know that since we started talking about taint-based jiu-jitsu, listenership has gone up by like 20%. So – Admit it, you like the Taint talk. I don't want to hear all of this about, oh, it's crude humor. You're listening to this because deep down, that's what you need. That's you what you come, really want. <laughs> you all come from the Taint. Yeah. That's why you tune in. Yeah. So let's talk about yeah. therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to continue the conversation from last time. Uh, we had an overwhelming amount of feedback when it came to jujitsu as a vehicle for therapy. Uh, we covered a lot of the topics last time. We talked about jujitsu for addiction, jujitsu for building confidence. Uh, today we wanted to continue down that road and get to some of the more detailed feedback that we weren't able to fit into the last episode. Again, like last time I've attempted to group this together into different categories and topics we're going to go by the through these one by one Matt and I are going to talk about it and riff on it and go over how this has touched on us personally in our jiu-jitsu careers uh, and again thank you so much to everyone for sharing some of these stories particularly this episode you're going to find that a lot of what was shared was super super personal and it was probably not easy to write what some people wrote and sent to us uh, again we will of course keep it fully anonymous and we do appreciate that you were willing to share these stories with us hopefully this is helpful both to the people who opened up about these stories but also to listeners who might be going through similar things on their own yeah we'll definitely discuss some of these incredible stories and talk about how jiu-jitsu's helped some people so off we go okay so let's talk about depression. Uh, one of the things that we received a lot of feedback on was jujitsu as a tool for combating depression. We've got a lot of stories here that people have shared, so let's just get right into it. Um, first, some of these were kind of on the shorter side, so I'll share some of the shorter ones. Uh, I've struggled with depression and other mental health ed- issues. I credit jujitsu, marijuana, actually, and a better diet as the biggest contributing factors to helping me deal with these issues. Without being on pharmaceuticals and mood stabilizers, note, this is not a recommendation for anyone to stop taking their meds, which again, I I think we mentioned in the last episode, but is probably worth driving home one more time that Matt and I, I I know this is hard to believe, but we're not actually medical doctors and it is... (laughs) We are black belts. (laughs) Yeah. 
you can call it, we're professors, but we're not doctors. So generally speaking, you should not take anything that you listen here as a an, alter, uh, an alternative or equivalent of medical advice. The feedback that we received across the board was that, you know, jujitsu is a very, very effective supplement to therapy, but not a replacement for therapy. Please, by no means, should you interpret these this episode and the last one as some sort of suggestion to give up, like, actual medical professional help. Um, really, that should actually be the first and foremost thing that you look for. However, jujitsu can be a helpful supplement on top of that. Yeah, save us the letters. We know. We're not doctors. We're, we're, just, per- we're just podcasters. We're podcasters. <laughs> we're professors, but we're not doctors. Uh, okay, a more in-depth story here. I've used jujitsu along with a few other physical activities to help with my depression with mixed results. Sometimes it leaves me feeling happy and mentally refreshed, and other times it can make an ongoing depressive episode considerably worse. I would say a lot of it has to do with mindset and expectations. If I'm having a bad day and go to class and don't roll well, or I'm unable to drill technique to the level I want, I get frustrated. I mean, honestly, something that I think all of us can, can relate to. One of the things my depression does is totally remove any feelings of self-worth that I have, and a bad day of training, in my mind, confirms those negative feelings. When I'm thinking rationally, I know that everyone has bad days on the mat, and those are the ones that make you better. You find deficiencies and holes in your game, but if I'm feeling depressed, exposing those things is weakness, and me being terrible at BJJ, and any number of other unfounded self-loathing thoughts I might have. Then there are the days where I walk onto the mats in a piss-poor mood, hating myself, and the world and my teammates are there to support me. They always are, whether it works or not. And I have a decent or even great class, and the world seems right again. I walk off the mat with a smile and no longer have the weight of the world on my shoulders. I think it mostly has to do with the depth of the depression that I'm feeling. So I I think the takeaway here is that some days jujitsu is helpful and some days it's not. And... I've been there. I mean, I know that sometimes I, I want to go to jujitsu and I know that it's good to go in there and get your ass kicked. <laughs> some days you can go in there and be grateful about that and be positive about that. But some days it's really hard. You know, you, you go yeah. in there and especially on days when you get handled, it can be very challenging to to really like, you know, understand from a bigger picture that this is good for you. And it can be hard not to get down on yourself at times. Yeah, it's it's a pretty frustrating journey. Um <clears throat> I think I think that some people f- struggle with it a lot more, and some people are able to to cope with the ups and downs a lot more. Like if de- if some if depression is something that uh, and anxiety is something that you struggle with, I could definitely see jujitsu being very difficult in those times. Um, but definitely, the great thing about jujitsu is it keeps you honest and it keeps you uh, down to earth and reminds you reminds you of how humbling the sport actually is. So. In a way, it is a positive thing, and uh, yeah, I think I think it's important to just remember that your teammates are there to support you, even though they're trying to kick the crap out of you. They're, you know, in the end, this is this is all good for you, and even losing shouldn't be looked at as a negative thing. Yeah, it's really important to develop the mindset where you commit to going one day at a time, regardless of whether you want to go or not, and whether you're you're feeling like you're good at jujitsu or you're not. Um, a lot of the time, you're going to go to jujitsu and it's going to go great, and that's wonderful. And then you just commit to coming back the next time. Some days you go to jujitsu and you just feel terrible. You get handled. 
you feel really down on yourself, but you still need to commit to just coming back the next time. And over time, consistently coming back and training will eventually kind of create like a stable cycle. And you do eventually get used to people just completely destroying you. I I would suggest if you have this kind of mindset where you really have a hard time dealing with just going on the mats and getting embarrassed and looking bad. I mean, I know I can tell you that it happens to everyone, but I also know that's not necessarily helpful. What I would suggest is after class, just spend a bit of time in your own head practicing some gratitude. I mean, if I go onto the mats and I get just destroyed. I like to spend a few minutes after class just kind of mentally thanking that person for giving me that opportunity to learn and trying to mentally turn that into a positive for myself. Because I do catch this pattern in myself sometimes where if I go on, you know, and I just get completely annihilated, it is very hard to keep your ego out of that equation. And sometimes that does get you down. But if you consciously attack that and spend some time sort of inside your own head, thanking that person for the opportunity they gave you, I find that does help over the long term. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to turn it into a positive. And because a sport like jujitsu, there's so many levels to it. Like someone who could absolutely destroy you uh, is a white belt compared to somebody else in the world. You know, there's so many, there's so many levels and you can you can just learn infinitely that uh you know there's always going to be people that are going to be able to beat you up i've i find as soon as i came to this realization even as a black belt it really i'm a white belt to some people so uh you know i've tried to just get really comfortable with losing even though it's it may not be the best mindset to be a world champion but it's definitely i think for longevity it's really helped me mm-hmm. sort of Take a step back and look at jujitsu as always a positive thing rather than a negative thing. Well, I think that, I mean, I'm hardly the person to talk to about this when it comes to jujitsu competition, but in, in life in general, I think that being comfortable with loss is always a good thing. Uh, that's not to say that, you know, you necessarily want to lose, but you want to at least be comfortable with the idea so that you're not afraid of taking bold action. Because if you're afraid of loss, then you're going to be afraid to try things that might actually be to your benefit. The worst scenario, if you're a competitor is, or if you want to be a competitor, is being so afraid of losing that you don't try at all, right? And, and that's a strategy that some people take. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they're confronted with a challenge, they won't even try because the thought of losing is so painful. And the kind of feeling, I guess, that they have in their own head is it's better not to try because then you can't fail, which is a very defeatist mindset. And actually, we got some feedback um, from people thinking kind of along the same lines, and we'll get into it earlier or later in this episode. So I think that completely, um, you know, turning your brain off and and refusing to to lose is, on, on one hand, you definitely want to win, but on the other hand, you don't want to be so adverse to loss that you're afraid to even try. Like, loss is something that you want to be comfortable with, not afraid of. Would you agree with that as a general statement, Matt? Yeah, I just think that, like, someone who is training and signed up for competition and their goal is to be worlds, uh, like a, a world champion, they're going to try regardless. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely... I think that it's not the healthiest way to go about your journey because I do know a few people and obviously at the highest level, there's people who obsess over losses. Even even in the gym when they make mistakes, they go home and obsess over their their mistakes in the gym. Um, but if you go into a competition, like you can prepare physically and mentally and emotionally to go in and, and win or lose. But if you, if you're not, if you don't have the ability to to lose and to accept failure as part of growth, um, 
Yeah, it's definitely going to have a negative effect on you. So, well, it's it's really actually an interesting dichotomy because on one hand, you need to be comfortable with loss because that's how you grow. But on the other hand, you also don't want to create a plan B for yourself in these situations, like an escape hatch, right? Uh, because you're right. If if loss is part of your plan, then <laughs> you know you've you've kind of given yourself an excuse yeah. to lose before you even started. So exactly, it's it's tricky because it's a matter of being comfortable with something while still trying to steer away from it. It's yeah. like you know you want to, as the saying goes, you want to hope for the best but prepare for the worst. It's kind of the same mindset here. Just because you're comfortable with loss and you understand how it can help you. That doesn't mean you want it, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean you're trying to steer into it. It just means that you're not afraid of it. That's right, yeah. yeah. And you won't let it affect you negatively, um, you know, after the fact. Because let's be honest, most people, you know, who was the world champ in 1995? Like, no one, no one remembers, you know? There's always going to be more tournaments to prepare for. And uh, that's how I sort of look at it. When I, when I lose a competition, I'm like, well, there's always another tournament. No one really cares about this one, you know? I care about this one. <laughs> <laughs> you care about how I do. Yeah. Um, okay, so another item on this topic. I have used BJJ to recover from depression, anxiety, and domestic violence. I employed a life coach who is also a mental health advocate and trains jiu-jitsu. I have an autistic son, and he can become quite violent. The BJJ was initially to help me maintain safety for my son and I when he was or when he escalated. I didn't think it would affect my mental health and trauma from domestic violence as much as it has. I have been able to trust again, to feel safe again, to feel in control of my own body again. When I began, I was disassociative and didn't feel pain. Rolling, I feel that pain I feel that pain now and I own it. I'm present again. I have overcome the fear of anyone or anything being near my neck. This was a trigger for me to the point I didn't I couldn't wear tops or jackets that touched my neck. Now I'm able to be choked, all because BJJ showed me I am stronger mentally than I allowed myself to think I was. My anxiety has decreased because I have changed the way I think of myself and how I think others view me. I am confident I take every situation as a lesson I can gain something from and learn from to better myself. It has been a process. There are days I still feel weak. Every time I say, I can't do that, my coach is there saying, yes, you can. And I do it because I can do it. I have learned to be kind to myself, to push myself through barriers that I thought were there. Everyone is there for the same reason, to better their own game, and that flows onto the outside world. But you're all doing it together, but in your own way, and that's what is unique. So that's a really cool comment. Very cool. About how she was saying, his, I'm assuming it's a girl, I, I don't know, but basically saying how... Um, they don't like when people touch their neck and that's a complex for them, but BJJ has given them the confidence to, or at least the ability to cope with somebody touching their neck and then realizing that they're a lot stronger than they think they are. So, well, wow, this, incredible. this is also an incredible story too, because a lot of the time when you talk about domestic violence situations, you're normally thinking of a partner, but this is a case where it's the child and mm. I can see how that totally changes the dynamic, right? This, yeah. again, you know, in a prior episode, we talked about de-escalation. I mean, this is a situation where you have to find a way to de-escalate because it's, you know, you're not talking about a violent partner. You're talking about a child, your child. So escalation in that case is not an option. Um, and I, I really love this story and how jujitsu has kind of allowed this person to become comfortable again in these extremely uncomfortable situations. I mean, I, I think that as practitioners, we sometimes lose track of how weird it is that we can get comfortable with people trying to choke us, right? Yeah. I mean, if you talk to an, an untrained person, they think of like choking you as like the worst, most violent thing that can happen to you. But 
through training and repetition and learning technique, you get to the point where you're comfortable being uncomfortable. And because you've spent so much time drilling these ideas and these techniques, you're confident that you can defend yourself there. So it's, uh, that's again, really one of the most powerful things in my mind about jujitsu is that it doesn't instill false confidence in you. Like I feel a lot of other martial arts do. It puts you in the worst possible scenario that could happen to you and teaches you that even as a smaller, weaker person, <laughs> you can still defend yourself and deescalate the scenario. I mean, that, that's one of the reasons I personally like jujitsu so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a great story. Okay, another one. I've I've struggled with depression and suicidal ideations since I was about 12 years old. Honestly, it just feels great to be around people, even if they are trying to choke you out. I feel <laughs> like when I'm on the mat, that's actually, it's, I, I mean, it's, I, I completely understand where that comes from. Uh, I feel like when I'm on the mats, I'm not thinking about all the negative shit that ru- ruminates in my head. Instead, I'm trying to survive, learn and adapt technique as much as I can. This is going to sound pretty sad, but the other day when we were practicing seatbelt escapes, just having an arm around me and fighting made me feel great. Just having human contact felt alleviating. Is really helped me in ways going to the gym and other strenuous activities haven't yeah that's very interesting having that having that human contact and just being grateful that you are in contact with people both mentally and physically um in in a way where you're actually simulating murder yeah, it, it is kind of like <laughs> counterintuitive yeah. it's like normally when you think of like oh you know i just want human contact normally you're thinking of like the non-aggressive form of hugs. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, actually this touches on something that is really, really challenging for a lot of people. And that is that isolation and loneliness can become a habit, right? If if you are used to being by yourself, it gets to the point where like, again, just like weight loss or addiction, taking that first step can feel so hard, right? And if, I mean, if you've ever moved to like a new town or moved to somewhere where people don't speak the same language as you, you know how hard it is when you're like the only one there by yourself. And just the thought of like, how do I reintegrate into society can be so overwhelming that, you know, some people, they they don't leave their room for like years because they're kind of like locked in. They lock themselves in. And one of the cool things about jujitsu is it does give you a way to get out and kind of reintegrate its... There's no judgment at jujitsu. I mean, everyone goes there and ultimately at the end of the day, it's everyone is kind of like mindfully in that moment and they're all training and trying to get better as a team. Unless I mean, you're a white belt, then there's judgment. Of course. Wait, or do you mean do you mean the advanced people judging the white belts or the white belts judging each <laughs> I'm other? Just being a dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I highly recommend this. I mean, if you're one of those people who's struggling with social anxiety, like it I think you would be surprised at at how much it would help you to actually go to jujitsu, even though you are effectively like getting assaulted by people. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm assuming that most of the people who listen to this podcast probably train, but if not, you know, if or if for some reason you're listening to this and you do feel that you're kind of out there alone by yourself, I have never encountered a jujitsu community or gym that is not welcoming. Like these will be some of the most mm-hmm. welcoming people that you'll ever meet. I highly suggest that if you want to expand your social network, try jujitsu, find a gym, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and there's definitely something true about having someone like on your back trying to choke you out. Like something about jujitsu that after you're in close contact with someone and like as gross as it's going to sound like having their sweat in your mouth like being in these compromising positions with people that most people would look at and laugh at but you but really what's going on is a is a fight where you're fighting for your life and you're trying to choke each other out there's something about that contact that connection that does create a really deep level of camaraderie that 
is pretty hard to find in other places. So I don't know. It's 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 a very uh, close, intimate sport, to say the least. And there's really nothing like grappling. Now, every time I train, I'm not going to be able to help myself. But think of like people sweating in my mouth. Yeah. Happen- so thanks, Matt. Happened to me today. I would I, I think I'd prefer sweat in my mouth rather than sweat in my eye. What do you think? I've had both. Um, I prefer it in my eye. Really? It's probably like oh. actually worse for communicable diseases, but yeah, that's what in I'm... your mouth is just, oh, you can taste it. Yeah, I know. But it's just kind of part of jujitsu. You get all types of weird, well, I guess that's the only bodily fluid you get in your mouth, <laughs> but, unless it's blood, but. <laughs> Moving on. I could say uh, something, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I I actually, no, I see your point on this. I mean, with, with jujitsu, <laughs> one of the things that I think makes it so effective as a tool for learning and for developing relationships is that it strips away all of the other like layers of nuance and complexity that you deal with in day-to-day life, right? Ultimately, at the end of the day, everyone wants to grow and get better and build deeper relationships. And we all have conflicts that we need to overcome, right? But if you're talking about like conflict within your family or at work. I mean, these are super, super nuanced conflicts with layers and layers and layers of stuff on top of them. And it's hard to untangle them. But when you're actually sparring with someone, all layers of pretense are removed. And you can really kind of connect with what it feels like to actually deal with and resolve conflict um, and what it feels like to actually build a team. And there's it's, it's very primal in that way. It's very simple. And that's one of the things I like about jiu-jitsu is it, it, all of that simplicity, you can use those lessons to solve much more complicated variations of the same thing. This is what I really wanted to get to when we were talking about de-escalation and respecting your opponent, right? If you can learn to de-escalate when you're sparring with one other person, then you can probably learn to de-escalate when you're having like a difficult negotiation on the job or an argument with your family. If it works at the micro level during a jujitsu role, there's probably a way that you can apply that lesson to a much bigger, more complicated problem. And if you don't even know where to start in terms of trying to like learn social skills or learn how to deal with conflict or anxiety... Jiu-Jitsu is a great place to start because you're going to see those things in their most simple, primal form, and you're going to learn how to tackle them. Yeah, and if you don't, you get choked out. <laughs> if, yeah, <laughs> There's dire well, consequences. I mean, that's that's the thing, right? Like, you get the opportunity to get immediate feedback as to what does and doesn't work, but you do so in a safe environment with people who support you, right? It's, it's actually really weird how you can have people in there sparring at, like, 100%, trying to choke people out, but injuries are actually relatively rare and frowned upon. Like, it's actually... A, jiu-jitsu is very dichotomous in that way. Yeah, and these people that are trying to choke you out 100% become some of your best friends. Yeah, it's, I know. It's, it's very, really, really weird. Like, you care deeply about this person. You're going so hard trying to trying to fight each other, and then someone jams their thumb. And, oh, my God, are you okay? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> as we're trying to neck crank each other and heel hook each other. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I have a lot of Canadian roles these days where I'm just, like, saying sorry to the other person all the time because my knee goes in the wrong spot or my finger goes in the wrong spot, and so I'm constantly apologizing because I don't want to actually hurt the person. I just want to, you know pretend hurt the person yeah exactly <laughs> okay it's, it's it's mutual yeah it's mutual um uh, so kind of dovetailing off of the topic of depression uh ptsd now this is something we're actually we got a lot of feedback from both from people who have served but also from people who have the kind of jobs where this stuff is commonplace so we've got a lot of good feedback here that we'd like to share uh one comment said 
while BJJ has helped me with PT or PTSD and readjustment issues, it is not a replacement for professional mental health care. Again, I something just to emphasize over and over again is that, you know, this is not a silver bullet. It's a supplement, not a, not a replacement. Back to the comment. BJJ has given me a chance to physically, quote-unquote, fight back in a controlled setting, a goal to work toward, and the adrenaline rush clarifies my thoughts and stabilizes my mood unlike anything else. Mm. That said, it was traditional counseling that helped me identify and harness these benefits. If I were to get hurt and be unable to practice, I don't want to revert back to the same challenges. So th- that's a good point. I mean, this is someone who is saying once again that they've, they've used BJJ as a supplement to like actual therapy, um, kind of where their, their therapy sort of solved the root of the problem. But again, BJJ kind of lets you have like a storm in a teacup, right? Mm-hmm. You can see, you can deal with very challenging situations. You can get used to anxiety and discomfort. You can learn to be assertive and defend yourself. But ultimately, it's in a controlled environment with your friends, right? You don't get that situation a lot elsewhere in life. I mean, if you're getting into like a shouting match at work, for example, yeah. it's not likely that after the shouting match, you're going to slap hands and say, good job, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, and that, your heart rate's going to be like, well, in a different way than jujitsu. I find whenever I've gotten into conflict at work, it's like it really follows you home yeah, and you yeah. get very, uh, very upset about it. But in jujitsu, it's almost like you get used to turning that on and off yeah. and it just becomes part of the experience. And that's actually a great example of like mindfulness training is learning to kind of focus on what's important in the present moment. And jujitsu is so key to that because, you know, when you start, when you go to jujitsu and you get on the mats, you kind of have to leave everything else behind you at the door. It's really hard to keep focusing on how shit your day went when someone is trying to break your arm. But then because it's all fun and games and everyone is supporting each other, once you're off the mat, you can also leave that behind you again. So mm-hmm. it's, I think that's one of the stealth benefits to jujitsu is that it trains you to leave your worries behind you. And if you learn to do that on the mats, then you can learn to do that off the mats. Mm-hmm. Um, something I've been working on a lot is trying to make sure that when I go home for the day, whatever happened at work, I leave it at work. I don't take it home with me. I don't worry about it at night because it's so easy to do that and to fall into those bad habits. Um, but going to jujitsu, I have found personally has helped me learn to just like leave my worries at the door. I can always come back and get them later when I need them. But when I'm not at jujitsu, I don't want to be worrying about jujitsu. When I'm not at uh, my job, I don't want to be worrying about my job. Like I try to deal with the problems as they come up and not worry about them when it will be unproductive. So being able to turn on and off the problems has added quality of life to the times where you're just in your downtime or your family time. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's actually more valuable than we even think about because a lot of us, um, we tend to, you know, stress about things even when we're not at work or like, for example, I've, I, I share the same sort of experience. I mean, my job's not that stressful as much as it used to be now that I'm just running the school, but basically I'm always, I'm always on my phone. I'm always, so it's hard for me to turn it off, but I definitely, you know, don't take stress home with me because it has such a negative effect, especially you might not even be aware when you're around your family members. Um, but the stresses of work and deadlines and things like that can, can negatively affect your loved ones. So it is important to be able to turn that on and off. Yeah. And if nothing else, worrying about something that had happened or could happen will prevent you from enjoying life right now. And ultimately at the end of the day, 
right now is the only thing you have. The, the, the present moment is the only thing yeah. you have, right? So if you're if you're somewhere right here, right now, but your mind is somewhere else all the time, you're really not actually living life. Yeah. You're just this constant ball of worry. And that's something that I think jujitsu really teaches you to, to learn is compartmentalization, where you kind of like, you learn to to worry about things when it's time to worry about them and put them behind you when it's not going to be productive. Um, there's a really famous book called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I- I'm guessing that a lot of people have out there have heard of it. And if not, I-, I highly recommend reading it. But Dale Carnegie also had another really great book called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And he specifically talks about this strategy in the book where he, he calls it compartmentalization. So the-, the way that he talks about it is he uses an analogy of like, you know, if you're in a submarine, every room is compartmentalized so that if there's a flood, you know, only that room gets impacted. And he talks about using, setting up your mind in kind of the same way where you compartmentalize all your problems. You know, when you're at work, you deal with work. When you're on the mats, you deal with whatever's happening on the mats. When you're at home, you deal with what's happening at home. If you let those things all bleed together, you're always going to be worrying about something that isn't important right now. And you're going to be miserable. And honestly, probably most people out there are miserable miserable because they do this. Yeah. I guess really a lot of it has to do with stress management and problem solving management, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's one thing about cooking is there's, you're always just worrying. (laughs) There's always stressful deadlines in cooking. And it's just, I, I, it's funny. I actually just a little side note, like I remember when I was uh, still cooking professionally and like you, I almost developed a fear of time. Because you're always worried about time is your enemy. The right? ne- time is always your enemy, and and the um the the vessel that you use to serve your tasks is your body, and so you're constantly running around the kitchen like a chicken with your head cut off, and you got to do all this planning, and the clock is always ticking, and over time, like you almost you almost have to plan things out so exactly that it ruins the spontaneousness that is life outside of the job, so. Luckily, after about a year of not cooking professionally, it kind of wore off of me. But for a while there, I was like literally afraid of almost afraid of time because I felt like I needed to plan every single minute of every day. Everything was always a deadline. That's how my brain registered things where instead of just going relaxed with the flow, which is much more of a spontaneous and enjoyable way to go through life, I've found. That's a really awesome way of thinking of things. And I haven't heard it explained that way. Thank you for sharing that because I think, I think fear of time is a really great way of describing something that everyone in modern society deals with. Oh, for Um, sure. Like everything is a rush. Yeah. Everything, everything is a rush and whatever you're doing is not good enough. I mean, I like at work, I have to track down, you know, all of the stuff I'm doing and all of the stuff that I'm supposed to do. And I like the list of things I'm supposed to do always gets bigger. It's like out of control. You can never, in in today's society, you can never read all the things you want to read, watch all the things you want to watch, do all the things you want to do. And there's this constant societal pressure that you need to be doing more and more and more. Whereas in reality... I think you kind of need to do less because you, you sure. don't you don't want to be fighting the clock yeah. all the time. Doing more is not always the better thing to do, but rather focusing on the things that are truly important is is the better thing to do. Yeah. I think Steve Jobs had a great quote about that where he t- you know, I don't remember what it was, but Generally, he talked about how it's much more important to say no than it is to say yes. And I, I think today we're always so focused on trying to get everything done 
and say yes to everything and meet all of our quote unquote obligations that we're just constantly miserable and we're juggling too many things in our head. The funny thing is, is as technology is making things more convenient, we are more busy. I know. It's weird. We have more to do. Like, like, Take online banking, for example, something that you could, you literally had to go to the bank. You had to before. take a day off work. Yeah, to go to the bank <laughs> and cash checks and do stuff. Now you can do it in five seconds on your phone, yet we have less free time. I know, it's ridiculous. It, it makes no sense. Like, I, for all of you listening who have two jobs, or if you have a full time job and you want to train BJJ full time, like, it's, my hat goes off to you because I've been there and it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And that played a big role into my quote fear of time where from the moment i woke up i always had to be somewhere i Mm -hmm. always had something and maybe i had like two 20 minute periods during the day or or you know a 20 minute and a 40 minute period during the day where i could actually relax before i had to go do the next task and after a while you're so used to waiting for the time to go down that you almost fear the fact that you don't have any free time to yourself and that's why when i quit my job and i got all this free time to myself You almost Um, didn't know how to deal with it, I'm guessing. Well, I actually was talking to my wife about this, and I said, you know, after doing uh, cooking and commuting an hour each way every day, plus trying to run a gym at the same time, essentially doing two full-time jobs, like, um, after I quit cooking, it it almost took me about a year to get recovered almost, Mm -hmm. uh, because I would be at home with my kid, and my wife would be like, oh, well, you should take her here, you should take her here. I'm like... Honestly, I just want to sit on the fucking couch. I just, I don't even want to do anything. Yeah. Um, I know I should be taking her places, but like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm still in trauma from just always being stressed. But then after about a, about a year, I finally felt like, okay, now I can go do things. I can, I, I feel like I want to go out. I want to take my daughter to, to where, you know, to, to pl- different places rather than just stay at home. But it took me a long time to get over that. Like, like my brain needed rest. It was, mm-hmm. is a really weird thing. And now, now I'm totally fine. Cause I, you know, I haven't cooked in a long time. I've, I, I think the, it just goes to show how important it is to have free time to yourself and time to just be bored. And yeah. I think, I think a lot of people are missing that in their life right now. And it's, it's pretty detrimental. Yeah. The, the importance of doing nothing cannot be understated. Like it, it is weird how important it is to take time to just be with yourself and to just do nothing. I mean, it is, it is therapeutic in a lot of ways and it is really hard to do because we're so used to being constantly stimulated. Yeah. You know, if, if you want an example of this, try putting your, go, try going into a quiet room, not talking to anyone and like leaving your phone outside. You're prop try, do that for like an hour and you're probably going to go nuts the first time. But after a while, it is amazing how beneficial you start to find that to just kind of be at, actually at peace where you're not obliged to respond to messages or run errands or go to work, but you can just actually be at peace for a moment. That can really, really help your mindset over the long run. Yeah. And also I think um, just on a a bit of an unrelated note, um, being like an entrepreneur or doing something that you're really passionate about is always, I think, going to be a little like, it's going to be more rewarding than spending eight or nine hours a day working for someone else's cause. And for me, it was just as soon as I switched careers and I no longer was working for a big company, it really also gave me a, a peace of mind and a, and a wellness um, that I can't really describe. I just, I, I didn't feel chained anymore and I didn't have that big obligation. Like when you have your, I've said it before on this podcast, if you have your own business, you know, you're never at work and you're always at work. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm technically always at work when I'm on my phone checking emails and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, well, it's all for jujitsu. So it's not really... 
It's like I'm never at work. It's not. It's 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 like it's work, but it's not a job. Yeah, and yeah. I and I don't have like you know it frees up a lot of time now for me so i don't have this like constant fear of deadlines and stress and things like that so i don't know if, if people that are listening sort of if this resonates with them or whatever but uh yeah let us know what you think if if you have a fear of time yeah that, that's actually something that i think might be worth further discussing because i i think the lack of time and the constant pressure to do things creates like this overarching paranoia that we all experience and i think probably you know if if you're dealing with depression or, or ptsd or ang- actually anxiety specifically i suggest just kind of like taking some time to do nothing <laughs> and just kind of like letting your brain just rest I, yeah. it's hard to do but i mean that's where stuff like mindfulness training and meditation come in i, I personally find that to be extremely helpful uh, back to some comments. Uh, we got someone who wrote in again and said, BJJ helps with my PTSD. One of the major symptoms I deal with is insomnia due to hypervigilance and nightmares and flashbacks. On days when I have gone to the gym, I find it much easier to relax at home afterward. And and Matt, interestingly, this mirrors something that you said last episode where you talked about how um, the, benef- the ben- benefits of jujitsu on sleep are something people don't talk enough about. But I, I do agree 100%. I mean, part of what jiu-jitsu allows you to do is burn off some energy, but also kind of reset your mind so that it's easier to go to sleep. Yeah, and, and everyone's different. Like, I actually have a student who does deal with an insomnia issue and is always up at weird hours of the night, and, and they do jiu-jitsu all the time. So it's not for everyone, but for me, physically, I'm just so exhausted that once I get home from jiu-jitsu, <laughs> I sit on the couch and I, I can't even sit through a movie anymore. I'm so exhausted most of the time just from the... The physical output that it puts your body and your mind through. Um, but I know everyone's got a a different a different. It affects everyone differently. Mm-hmm. Interesting that they talk about nightmares. That's yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know the backstory here in terms of what the the trigger is, but I I can understand this, right? If you're if you're hyper vigilant and you just have racing thoughts and can't turn your brain off, or if as soon as you fall asleep you have these terrible nightmares that wake you back up, you're going to have a pretty fitful time. I wonder if this person has ever had. Um, sleep paralysis have you ever heard of that you know what that is i've I've heard of it but i don't recall what it is i've had it and it usually affects you as a kid but it, it affects you affects adults as well it's basically where you actually wake up in a state where you are asleep but you you are conscious and there's usually a like a figure um usually described as a witch like in front of you and you're completely paralyzed and you can't like scream you all that you can move is is blinking basically and it's like a it's a psychological fit that happens to people and they feel like intense pressure on their body and usually uh they will um hallucinate and imagine that there's this creature on their bed it's kind of crazy and you can and you, it's one of the most terrifying things ever because you can't move it's a I, real thing. I think I was listening to a podcast where one of the hosts said he had this. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Sleep is weird. It's terrifying. <laughs> like mean, sometimes you ever you ever be sleeping and then you have a you'll just have a crazy feeling like you're falling and then you'll be like, Whoa. yeah, you just get up at the start. It, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like yeah, and and it's it's interesting. I've talked to people that have had these issues before, so it's a it's clearly like a common thing within humans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about sleep is that it's so important, but. 
if you have trouble sleeping for whatever reason, then you develop, you can almost develop an anxiety about sleep that makes it harder to sleep. This is something I've had to deal with where I, I mean, I'm not, historically, I haven't been a great sleeper, although I, I'm better at it now than I used to You're be. You're like a night owl. Yeah, I, but even so, I used to, a lot of that was just because I had a, a hard time sleeping, but I've, I found that, you know, when I was... Ha- at the worst, having a lot of trouble sleeping, it just made it worse because I was so anxious about sleeping. I almost didn't want to go to bed or I'd go to bed and I'd be so anxious about trying to fall asleep and keep you it up. Just, just wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I think that what you have to do is, again, it kind of comes down to getting your head out of the problem. And if sometimes just kind of like getting up and moving around a bit can help. And I, I think maybe this is an example of where if you just spend some time on the mats before you go to bed, that might be, that might be beneficial. I actually, this has me thinking maybe what I should do is just do some practice drills before bed and see if that helps. <laughs> just do some like Imanari rolls on my wife before I go to bed. <laughs> I've all, yeah, exactly. This is going to help me sleep go completely yeah. upside down. Uh, I've also had people tell me that training jacks them up right before, right when they go home so mm-hmm. that they can't actually sleep for hours. And yeah. I totally get that too, uh, because you are kind of, on a high when you leave jujitsu and your body is like kind of buzzing still. Right. So yeah, I, yeah. I get, I get how that could be that way for some people. I also know that um, like, and, I, and I'm not going to like endorse the use of cannabis, but, but a lot of like, whether you're, whether you like using THC or CBD, I know there's a lot of people that have had success with, um, using cannabis to help their sleep as well. So yeah. there's different methods you can do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, another comment. Um, I am a healthcare provider and have also had PTSD since 2012. Um, I mean, I'm not surprised there. I mean, some healthcare jobs are like harrowing. They are so hard. The things you must see, like people who work in healthcare and people who work in like law enforcement, Mm -hmm. man, I cannot imagine the kind of stuff that you must go through on a near daily basis to to do a job like that. I mean, I I can't even imagine the kind of like fortitude you would have to have to do that for a living. Yeah. I I was considering being a fireman before I opened on guard and, um, Eventually, I I, no, I stopped for two reasons. Uh, I, I was going to go to training and then I decided not to for two reasons. Reason number one is I knew that I would just be dreaming about doing jujitsu all day. But <laughs> but reason number two is because I literally thought about the things that I would have to go through and I thought, I don't think I can handle this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I literally don't think that I can see the things that uh, a paramedic or a firefighter would see or a first responder and and then go home to my family and, 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 uh, and, and be a f- good father and husband because I... I just didn't know if I had the fortitude to actually go through it. So yeah, I know big, big respect to, to absolutely everyone in, in that field. I know a lot of people who work in healthcare and they are open about having battled PTSD before. It seems to just go hand in hand. Uh, anyway, back to the comment. I found jujitsu helps me during the worst of the PTSD episodes. It's also been found in studies how physical exercise can help bring the cortisol level back to acceptable levels. Often with PTSD, it's elevated, also found to be highly effective in depression, even better in some cases than medications. It can also help people rethink PTSD in that it is an injury and it is possible to heal because really it is the brain's inability to go through the proper process in storing memory. Once that is restored, flashbacks go away. Um, I think that's a really, really interesting way to think about this. I mean, I granted, I, I don't know the science here, but I do think it is important for people to really understand exactly how malleable the brain is. And just because your brain is one way right now doesn't mean it can't heal and it doesn't mean it can't change. I mean, the brain is in, it's not, a, it's not a muscle, but it, you know, like, like a muscle, I guess it kind of, is it a muscle? I'm not sure. 
It's an organ. It's an organ. It's part of the body that you can train like a muscle, right? Um, look up neuroplasticity if you want to see some interesting examples of like how you how the brain can reorganize itself. It is a super, super malleable organ. And it is possible with um, with active training and, and with you know with a, with an active process to get better. And I think this is a great example of how if you're dealing with PTSD, if you can frame it mentally as uh, like an injury that you're trying to rehab from rather than a permanent state of being, that's probably the first step to getting back onto a, a healthier lifestyle and getting back with a healthier mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually, if anyone, I, yeah, I don't, I don't suffer from PTSD, but this is all very, uh, yeah, this is kind of an area where I can tell a lot of the people who wrote in here have obviously suffering from this. They've clearly done a lot of research on the matter, uh, research that we haven't done. But if anyone out there is specifically knowledgeable about PTSD, how it works, how how act physical activity can help, and you can provide some sources, I would actually love to see that info. So please do share it if you have it. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, another one, and this is something actually that we've heard a few people um, bring uh, bring up. I started using it, it in this case being jujitsu, after my Afghan deployment to help with depression and PTSD. I've been using it for years now and find it very effective. One of the ways it helped me, when I'm in a tight spot, much like being smashed on the mats, I learned to breathe through the stress and find a way out. Um... I have I have PTSD anxiety depending on the uh, which doctor I'm talking to. When I got back from Afghanistan, I couldn't handle crowds at all. I'd become hyper alert, aggressive, and get heavy adrenaline dumps. When I started jujitsu, I got two immediate benefits. The first one was after a short period, I learned, and we can all relate to this, I learned that hulking out always got me into worse <laughs> situations. It made me develop that tactical patience. I tell people now, it taught me to breathe through that panic response and think my way out. I used the same technique to breathe through other episodes, such as crowded, confined spaces. The second effect, it got me off meds. I found for about an hour after rolling, my brain chemistry struck whatever balance it needed to allow me to think through my issues without the elevated heart rate, specifically certain combat events that I could process without spiking. Therapists tried to reach this same balance with meds, but the side effect of meds have gave me, uh, gave me more problems that, than they solved. It taught me to control my reactions and get a grip. I'm far more functional now. If I go too long without training, it starts to creep in, but regular training keeps me level. Wow. So this is a person who said that it fully helped them get off meds and it does give them that complete balance that is desired through medication. So yeah. That's I, really incredible. It, I think this is, I think that, you know, it, it's almost like jujitsu in a way where there is no one strategy that works for everyone, yeah. right? We've talked about this in the past, just because your instructor has a certain game doesn't mean you should just go with their certain game. Uh, there are a lot of tools at your disposal for dealing with mental health issues. Um, and you should definitely use all of those tools, you know, preferably with the, with the, with the advice of experts and not two podcasters. Uh, but you should definitely use all of those tools at your disposal. And don't just assume that there's only one way to solve something, right? I mean, what, what works really well for one person might not work for another. And what's interesting is that all of these different listeners have reported slight variations in terms of what's worked for them. Yeah, no, they, pretty much all the like we've seen a spectrum of different results through all the all the different comments that we've gotten. For some people, it works really good. For other people's, it's just a supplement to actual medication, and yeah, affects everyone differently. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, going going further into kind of the next topic that I wanted to talk about, we got a lot of people who talked about jujitsu as a vehicle for coping with loss. 
Um, one comment that we got, it's a big graphic, so I won't say the exact wording, but basically... Uh, Wait, do we get in trouble if we swear? Uh, I don't think we get in trouble, but I would still probably rather keep it semi-clean if we can. I mean, we do, we do, we do swear a lot on here, but this is intended to be a 99% clean podcast. I know that young people out there are listening. Okay. And plus, we want to get that sweet, sweet advertising money too, right? And they're not, they're not going to like it if we talk about, like, naughty stuff. Yeah. Although, I guess the question Paint. is... Yeah, is... is <laughs> I, hey... Until someone tells me that taint is a swear word, I'm going to keep talking about taints. It'll probably happen. <laughs> okay, so uh, one person, for example, wrote in and talked about how, and this is kind of a recurring theme that other people have talked about, during divorce, um, this was something, and during custody fights, jujitsu was helpful because jujitsu was one of the only situations that they could encounter where they weren't thinking about these other issues going on in their lives. Again, it comes down to compartmentalization like we talked about earlier. It's Jiu-jitsu is great because when you're on the mats, it's hard to think about anything other than jujitsu, and that can kind of give your brain the opportunity to recharge itself, but also teach you to compartmentalize your life so that these lingering fears aren't just following you everywhere and bleeding into everything. I've got another great and lengthy comment here. I joined towards the end of my marriage this year. Meaning jiu-jitsu. Yeah, jiu-jitsu. I joined jiu-jitsu towards the end of my marriage this year. It gave me something to divert all of my energy into. It gave me structure when I had a little left. I was able to surround myself with a really great group of very positive people. I've been drinking so much less because of it too. It has given me a sense of purpose and a reason to be healthier. I finally found the one thing that I'm actually motivated to keep pursuing. I'm genuinely, genuinely so, so happy when I'm on the mats. Wow. So yeah, this, again, it kind of recaps how... Um, when you're on jujitsu, it can be a very, very good focus for uh, being the best version of yourself. It, because it, because it is a test, right? You're in there with people trying to choke you. It's it's going to motivate you to live a healthier lifestyle, and it's also going to introduce you to a support network of people mm-hmm. who will be there for you. I mean, we we've mentioned this before. You know, some of the most supportive people you're ever going to meet are at jujitsu. Oh, totally. And if you are in need of a support network, I the first thing I would recommend to almost anyone is like try martial arts, but particularly try jujitsu. Yeah. And like they said, it keeps them actually motivated to just keep pursuing it and keep pursuing some being good at it. Right. I think that's so important for, for people to have something that they really want to be good at and and they're proud of doing it. And I think a lot of people don't have that nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah. There's kind of like a a joy to be gained in mastery. You know, it's like, that's what flow is all about, right? Like flow is about finding something that you're, you're, you're really good at and being so in the zone about it that you just have like pure joy from the activity of getting it done. Mm-hmm. And with jujitsu on our best days, that's ultimately where we want to be, right? We want to be in that flow state now. And, and you don't have to be like a, you know, like a black belt to be able to get to that point. No, even not at all. Even as a white belt, like if you're just really focused on what you're doing and you're learning, it can just be such a positive experience that it can help take your mind off of everything else that's going on in your life. Another great comment, um, I received a call at work from my grandparents to let me know that my dad had been in an accident and didn't make it. I've suffered losses before, but this has turned my world upside down. The shock and sheer disbelief of the situation meant that after visiting some family to try to process what was going on, 
I would teach a class later that evening. I'd considered getting someone else to cover, but I feel at home at the mats. Luckily, a good friend was on hand to make sure the class could be picked up if I had a complete breakdown. Since then, I've taught and attended multiple classes. I'm off work dealing with my grief, but those brief moments of focus are absolutely everything to me right now. Every other waking moment, I'm either in tears or drinking, so jujitsu for the time being has become my normality. That's not to say that the time on the mats has been without issue. For instance, I've been afraid to roll or spar. A lapse in thought can lead to myself getting hurt, or worse, a training partner, so I've only just started rolling lightly with close friends. Everything feels slow, painful, and pointless. Jujitsu makes the time go a little faster. I mean, that, that's a rough one, right? Yeah. I mean, the, when we got this feedback, this was, you know, we'd posted a, a request for listeners to share their stories. And this is something that had just happened when I, when I posted this. Um, so first of all, our, our thoughts to you, buddy. I mean, I, nothing like the loss of a loved one is devastating in a way that nothing else can be. And I, I mean, I've been there. I know what that's like. And I had a, a kind of a similar coping mechanism for myself. I, I found that when I lost a loved one, kind of the easiest way for me to deal with it was to find a distraction and to just go 100% into that. Mm. Um, and I, again, it kind of allows you to, to compartmentalize and focus on something that pulls you out of the, the painful everyday norm that has become your life. The good news is, I mean, as, as hard as it is to believe, these things do get better over time. And Definitely if jujitsu is the coping mechanism that gets you through it, then that's awesome. But I mean, I, I, that's a strategy that I can definitely relate to where like you find a, a focus of something that can keep you normal and you just kind of keep coming back to that until the rest of your life settles down as well. Yeah. And to, to lose something like your father, um, especially in like an accident is nothing can describe the unfair pain that that is. And, you know, just thinking about it is such a horrible thought and it is unfair and it's, it's super unfortunate, but just remember that the natural order in life is one day, you know, if, if everything goes normally, you will lose your father and that you will have to cope with such a loss eventually. And that time does heal. So, you know, our hearts go out to you for sure. But, um, you know, what whatever you can use, if it's jujitsu that helps, uh, that like you said, helps the time go a little faster and helps you cope with it, then then that's awesome. But just you know, having those close friends in that community and knowing that everyone's there for you and knowing that it is a natural process, even though the way that your father went is not natural, it is a natural thing because it would be you know it'd be way worse if your father had to had to bury you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's something that I always think about when I think about losing my parents is, well, it'd be much worse if they had to put me in the ground, right? So yeah, yeah it's, and it, it's a really heavy uh, letter, this one. Yeah, and it's it's hard. I mean, after a while, I, I found at least personally that after a while, and once you get kind of past the loss, you do learn to be grateful for the time that you at least had. And it does still feel mm-hmm. in a lot of ways like that person is still with you and that their legacy is still with you, right? I mean, if a person like a parent is so formative, then a lot that in a lot of ways, they make you who you are, right? So they, your parents are very much a part of you. And any success that you have, that's ultimately attributable to your parents, right? That's that's part of the legacy that they have. And they would want you to, to kind of be grateful and to move on and to live a positive life. The good thing about jujitsu is that 
during times of extreme trauma and stress, it's a positive habit you can focus on, right? <laughs> Drinking and drugs are a negative habit that yeah. some people fall into when they they encounter these kinds of devastating grief situations. Jiu-jitsu is something that you can drive into that will actually improve your quality of life over the long term. So one of the reasons why I think jiu-jitsu is such a powerful vehicle for therapy is because if you encounter a massive loss like this, it gives you something to focus on that will actually improve your life rather than just like numbing you and, and killing you inside, right? Man, I, I hope it goes well. Please do write into us and, and keep us posted. But yeah, that's that's a devastating loss. And I, I'm glad that at least you've got some solace from the gentle art. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very moved. Yeah. Uh, another uh, the letter. It is. Uh, another comment that we, we got was actually similar is a uh, much briefer one, but someone mentioned that um, several months after their father died, they, they found jujitsu was the only thing that cleared their mind. And they would train eight times a week and commute 45 minutes each way just to go to jujitsu, um, which is something that, I, I mean, I, I get, I can relate to, you know, some days like you feel like jujitsu is just the only thing that's going to, you know, you, there's going to be one positive thing that happens today and it's going to be jujitsu and one way or the other, I'm going to find a way to get there. Yeah. yeah. Um, an- another comment, jujitsu has helped me through my marriage nearly failing, ending the to- toxic relationship with my parents and more. This year, um, this is a separate comment. This year, I blew some discs in my neck, couldn't train for six months and have surgery on the horizon. During this time, I developed anxiety and started to develop early signs of depression. Two weeks ago, I returned to the mat, again, unfortunately, against doctors and specialists' opinions <laughs> for my mental health, and the change was nearly immediate. Here's that word. Jiu-jitsu helps me compartmentalize my inner self and thoughts. Everything goes away when I'm on the mats. I mean, if if you could describe jiu-jitsu in like one sentence, other than the alignment stuff... Um, that's one way that you could describe it, right? Is like when you are doing jujitsu, there is nothing else, which mm. I think is one of the things about it that is so powerful. I wonder if uh, they blew out discs in their neck due to jujitsu. I'm curious. Doesn't say. Uh, yeah. Could could this be a situation where it is both the cause and the solution <laughs> to the problem? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. Even even though that they were hurt and badly injured, they were still able to get relief from yeah, jiu-jitsu yeah. just by being on the mats. Very cool. But I think it's a great example of adversity, right? I mean, it, it a lot of people have written into us to talk about injuries they've encountered and it's it's sucks when you have a devastating injury, but it's always great when you see people go through the work to rehab and find a way to get back on the mats. And no, you might not be able to play the same game that you did before. But Matt, as you talked about earlier, like injuries can be an opportunity to open a new door and look at things through a different lens. And just because you have an injury, that doesn't mean that you're completely useless. Like there's other things that you can do and you might need to be creative, but you can probably find a way to keep employing jujitsu in your life somehow. Mm-hmm. Another comment, um, I started jujitsu on September 10th of 2018, so that's about a year ago as of this recording. I started because I'm a correctional sergeant and had recently been promoted. Three days after my promotion, an inmate died in my custody. I was already in a rough spot in my marriage and I was overweight, just bought a house and started renting out the one that I moved out of. So many stress factors and my mind kept lingering in dark places. I kept feeling sad all the time, which was something new to me. I have taken lots of psych classes, so I know that I needed to do something before it got worse. Around this time, they needed to start training. Since then, they went from 260 pounds to 209 pounds. So that's a massive weight loss, right? It's 51 pounds. 
I eat better. I only train two times a week and all, that's all I can make time for. I began to listen to self-help books like the one you recommended by the Tai Chi slash chess master. <laughs> <laughs> that would be The Art of Learning by Josh Waitskin. And I, I love how he's like an advanced Marcelo Garcia jiu-jitsu black belt who founded the MG in Action Academy. But he will forever be known on this podcast as the <laughs> Tai Chi and chess guy. And oddly enough in the book, doesn't talk a lot about BJJ, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but... yeah. I, I kind of wonder if maybe he wrote that before he really got totally into it because he does he barely mentions jujitsu in the book at all he does mention about sparring with marcello so did he did yeah he? Oh. yeah no he does huh? okay so back to the comment i am i am more confident in all aspects of my life i express more empathy to those around me learned on the mats from higher belts allowing me to train my game and telling me how they were once in my shoes and to keep coming back my time on the mats helps me just as much physically as it does mentally. I have a positive outlet and coping mechanism rather than drowning myself in a bottle or engaging in other risky behaviors. BJJ forces folks to be honest with themselves about their abilities and condition. Working through tough times like a beginner works to get out of side control. Uh, you show up and put in an honest effort, you will earn an honest return. The things that I have learned on the mats are both tangible and intangible. I appreciate all you guys do. So yeah, this, again, it kind of like echoes a lot of, of what we've said where jujitsu is a, it can be a positive habit, right? You know, sometimes you need something to occupy your mind and jujitsu is a very, very good alternative to a lot of what would otherwise be potentially negative habits that you could develop. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the great thing about jujitsu is it's something that after practice, you can take it home and still, still learn. You can learn in other ways, even if you're not training, you can watch videos and mm -hmm. It's good if it lingers on your mind, I find. It's yeah. not like a job where, you know, you take it home and it'll eat at you. It's kind of something that you can kind of do whenever you want. You can think about it. And a great thing about it is you can think about it and actually improve by just thinking about it and just mentally drilling. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there were two parts to this comment that I really especially liked. One is where he talks about how jujitsu forces folks to be honest with themselves. And that is one of the most powerful things I think about jujitsu is that it holds up a mirror in front of you and kind of shows you what's working and what's not. And there is no bullshit in that feedback, right? You know, you, you either got tapped or you didn't. It gives you very direct, immediate feedback and it confronts you with something that might be uncomfortable, which is in this case that you might not be good at jiu-jitsu, right? Um, it teaches you to look directly at, at the reality of the situation, understand that, you know, you're not where you need to be and teaches you to persist and continue on regardless. I think that it's very easy to get stuck in negative thought patterns because sometimes it's easy to walk away. You know, if you, if you encounter adversity, it's sometimes easier to just, to just shrink back in your shell and just not deal with it at all. Um, and, but if you do that, you deny yourself the ability to grow and to get out of these stressful and depressing situations. Whereas I think what this guy illustrates is that, um, jujitsu does force you to be honest with yourself and it teaches you not to run from adversity, but rather to use it as a learning vehicle. Mm -hmm. I also like how he talks about how working through tough times <laughs> is like a beginner getting out of side control. I think there's actually some honesty in that because, I mean, for a long time, I would get really panicky in side control and I'd think, I've got to get out of this right now, right now. And I, I would eventually wind up like burning out and the guy would just mount me or whatever. But now I'm much more relaxed there. I, I understand that it happens. It's not the end of the world. I can recover from that and I'm much more composed. And as a result, I very rarely get submitted or caught in side control anymore. I can almost almost always get back out to a better position. And I think so much of that is just the mindset around being in those difficult situations. Yeah. And just working your way out analytically. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, so one one more letter, and it's a long one, um, but we, we had to edit it down, but I, it was really profound, so I wanted to make sure that we gave it its just dues. Um, th- this one is actually about suicide. So around t- August 2017, just two years ago, I hit rock bottom. To make a long story short, I had planned to commit suicide. I was separated from my wife after an abusive and toxic relationship, isolated from my own family, experiencing significant PTSD symptoms with major depression and severe anxiety, and had a weak support system. I was having nightmares, flashbacks, insomnia, and almost passed out several times randomly from the stress I was under. I lost interest in everything, had little to no motivation, and felt like a complete failure. The craziest thing happened the morning after I planned to kill myself. I passed the scene of a suicide where someone jumped off a bridge. This wasn't even 12 hours after I walked away from my plan and had never seen anything like it before. I saw the family there beside the road. Even the utility vehicles with the hydraulic arm and bucket attached to retrieve the body were still there. A lot of grueling details, I know. It was horrendous and shook me to my core. Something hit me that day that changed my life. Your life is yours to own. You own the power to walk away from everything, and you also own the power to move forward in growth. Fast forward through six months of rearranging my life, relocating, self-care, and a ton of counseling. I had basically set out to rebuild myself from the ground up. I was working out a little bit, losing some weight, and I tried out jujitsu. It came to me at the most opportune time of my life. There was just something unique about the atmosphere of my gym, the energy of my coaches, and the physical and mental task of the sport that highlighted the months to come and built my character and a good measure of grit. To be honest, I have never played sports before and was probably the most awkward white belt to walk onto the mats. One of my coaches told me once that he remembered when I first started coming, I would just fall over at anything. (laughs) I think everyone does that when they first start out, to be honest. You need to learn bass. Yeah, posture structure bass, baby. You could just push me and I would fall over. It's kind of embarrassing, but so true. But what was truer was the fact that I had zero confidence in myself and this was an image of my life in so many areas, just me getting knocked down. I wasn't in the same mental state as six months prior, but I was still in a deep funk. The way my coach described me was accurate. Anything could knock me over, physically and mentally. What I didn't know was jiu-jitsu was going to teach me that I didn't have to fall every time something in life pushed me. Love that. Yeah, I know. It gets better too. Now as a blue belt, I can attest that I am a completely different person than I was where I began. The past year and eight months have been a significant growing period where I have remained single and focused all my efforts either on training, my career, school, or building friendships. Jiu-jitsu has been at the center of the most influential period of my life and every positive mental health change. I have increased my capacity for handling stress, increased my motivation and interest in life, and increased self-confidence. I have better emotional regulation skills and coping mechanisms. I have more drive and ambition than before, and I basically renovated my self-image and the way I perceive myself. I built a diverse support system within my gym that includes people who regularly motivate me and challenge me to be better in every area of my life. I default to leaning into a challenge rather than catering to fear, developed a more positive self-talk, and have learned to be honest about what I am going through. Yeah, I I love what they say when they said... uh they they've developed a more um they they go towards challenges yeah. rather than away i think that's so true with jiu-jitsu absolutely and you can, it takes a, it takes a while at first you're not you're not like that right away but it definitely after it it's like a muscle and then i find that I just tend to gravitate towards challenge, challenging things rather than away from them. Absolutely. It's like, awesome to teach kids too. Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest influences jiu-jitsu has had on my life is familiarizing me with challenge and stress. I was taught growing up that if something was challenging, you just stopped. 
Therefore, I had adopted the mentality that anything causing pressure or requiring effort was worthy of the label adversity and therefore to be avoided. My own family was readily the source of discouragement in my life due to this mentality. I'll never forget when I moved away for undergrad, I was told, just come home, it's not worth it. Then when I started my master's, I was asked, isn't your bachelor's enough? Why do you have to do this? And this is stupid, just quit. Mentally, these voices were all I heard, but jujitsu has smashed this out of me in many ways, pun intended. <laughs> Currently, I lead a very busy lifestyle, and it is the pinnacle of my success. I am a sign language interpreter, operate my own interpreting business, am an instructor of sign language courses at a community college, on top of doing my graduate studies in counseling, my internship at a counseling facility with a clientele of my own, and still training at my gym. Psychology has taught me something about how jujitsu has changed how I face fear, confront challenge, and manage stress. Jiu-Jitsu required me to step out of my comfort zone in a tremendous way and took a lot of bravery for me to walk through that door, not to mention operating on the mats. Not many people know this, but I was actually so self-conscious as a teen and through early adulthood, I never stepped foot into a weight room until my mid-twenties due to the anxiety of people judging me thanks to many years of bullying and ingrained approaches from my family to avoid anything that required effort. I remember the amount of courage and bravery it took to keep coming back to the mats. There were days I would cry on my way home because I was so humiliated. Oftentimes, I would ask myself questions that my family would likely ask. Why are you doing this? This is stupid. There are still days where it takes a lot out of me to go, and for this reason, in addition to knowing the extreme physical nature of the sport. I remember the moment I experienced a significant breakthrough in my mentality. It was the first match in competition. I was a three-stripe white belt, not the most pristine of students at my academy, and was grilled by my family leading up to the competition that I did not need to be doing it. My God, this, this guy's family just... I know, man. You poor wanna, guy. I don't want to judge, but parents don't do this to your Yeah, I, I think he even talked about that at the beginning about like he has a toxic relationship, and I, I mean, I can I can completely understand it, right? This is the thing as a as a parent that I I worry about more than anything is inadvertently giving my daughter this mindset because you can I mean you can see in this essay quite clearly the impact that this can have on someone's life. Uh, back back to the comment, I was flat on my back, getting smashed, which is a common recurrence when I rolled with anyone, looking at the ceiling. Clear as day, I remember not hearing my coach's voices or any of my teammates. I wasn't looking for the next move, but rather I was still resisting whatever my opponent was doing and being preoccupied instead with the voices in my head, saying, you don't belong here, go home, nobody wants you here. I closed my eyes and simply said to myself with the bravest voice I could muster in my mind, I belong right here. I belong on these mats with these people doing this sport. I belong here because this is where I chose to be. My life is mine to own and I choose to be here and therefore I belong right here. I would like to say I won, but I didn't. I still to this day haven't seen the footage of that match and don't want to see it. I still got a medal and have it wrapped on my dresser at home. It is a reminder that no matter what I am doing, show the fuck up. Never back down, despite what your mental state is. Own your life and each moment, and own the power you have to grow. Lean into your fear and watch yourself do amazing things. Wow. Yeah, so that that was a, obviously a, a long comment, um, but I thought it was freaking epic um, yeah. for a variety of reasons. Uh, first of all, that is some of the heaviest stuff I've read in yeah. a long time. I mean, this is this is what we have to work with, guys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, I, the amazing like stories that we got, especially when we at, when when Steve asked about therapy. Yeah, yeah, it's and like we've learned a lot just from this. First, first and foremost, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being open and honest about this. I mean. I I cannot imagine the kind of courage it takes to be open and talk about 
your your like your plans to commit suicide to a a large podcast audience. I mean that that takes a lot of courage, and it shows how far you've come. Um, I love this letter first of all because it's such a great success story. Uh, it also encapsulates everything we've talked about in this episode and in the prior one, right? I mean it it touches on everything. It touches on toxic relationships, depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, and it, it kind of caps it all off with someone who got to the point where they felt their life just wasn't worth living. Uh, and through jujitsu, they found a way to kind of rebuild those positive habits and that confidence back into their life. And I'm, man, I'm so glad to hear how well you're doing right now. Like, honestly, I can't tell you how, how much it touches me to hear that things are, are doing awesome. This is the kind of story that I hope everyone out there hears. And if you're in the state that this guy was two years ago, I hope that you understand that things can get better. You just have to give it a try, right? You have to be willing to lean into the things that would normally scare you. Um, you know, I, I don't care if jujitsu is your vehicle for doing that or, or whatever, but man, like b- before you give up, I hope that this story illustrates to you that things can get better. And sometimes leaning into the things that you're afraid of is not as bad as you think it's going to be. And I think that that's, that's really the the message of this episode and the last episode. We're not, as much as Steve and I are really enthusiastic about jujitsu and how this is kind of a jujitsu for therapy themed episode, it's more so, it could be anything. It could be anything that that takes your mind away from your troubles and allows you to focus on what you need to do and gives you meaning in life. So whether or not it is jujitsu, being able to to find uh, the healing that a lot of these people have found through jujitsu um, is kind of what we hope gets across to everyone here. As much as I'd love to say that jujitsu solves everyone's problem, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it doesn't, unfortunately. But these stories are really powerful, and a lot of people have gotten a lot of benefit from it. So if it if it is something that you are you know you are interested in and. Uh, you know, you just have to, would be, which would be weird because you're listening to this podcast. So if you're, if you don't practice and you do listen to our podcast, how did you, you find us? Thank you. But wow. Uh, but go try it. And, you know, most of you already practice. So you already know the amazing benefits of it. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words. Like, honestly, the last two episodes have been kind of a difficult ride. Like this. <laughs> We're we're nor- we're normally here talking about like taints and mental models and stuff. And, I want to talk like, about taints again. Yeah, can we? Okay, maybe we'll do the next episode is just going to be like an all taint episode, just so that we can kind of balance it out. Uh, but I I will tell you that I I cannot tell you how much it means to me that you guys were willing to be so open with us. I mean, I know that. There was a lot of pain wrapped up in these stories. And for some of you, probably this is the first time you shared it. And it takes a lot of courage to share that message and blast it out to thousands and thousands of people. Um, I hope that jujitsu is a, a positive experience for all of you guys. And you all use it as a vehicle for growth and to develop confidence. But like like we said earlier, you know, jujitsu will help you build a community of friends and family, but also we're here for you too, right? The BJJ Mental Models team is also here for you too. So if you do ever feel like you need someone to talk to, I mean, just, we're always willing to talk. especially Shoot us a message. Especially Matt, who loves it when you shit on his YouTube videos. Yeah. So you can just go on there and like, if you want to, if you want to engage us, um, 
I mean, I, I would prefer actually if you just sent us a nice email. <laughs> but but if you also want to criticize Matt's Birambolo technique, that is yeah. both acceptable and honestly probably justified. Yeah, and and I, I, I will I will not deescalate usually. Yeah. Usually it's going to get nasty. That that is Matt's like pressure point basically. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I cannot again thank you guys enough for this. Um, we're probably going to resume to regular operations next week. But again, if you do have any comments, feedback, suggestions, or if you even have more stories like these that you feel would be valuable to share, please do send them in. Yeah, and we will discuss them. Yep. And also, we are interested in possibly doing a Q&A or a live yeah, or if, something like that, if that is something that interests people. If you guys are interested in doing something more interactive, do let us know. I mean, uh, we, we have to sort out the time zone situation for people all around the world, but I'm sure we can come up with something. Um, as always, if you want to share your ideas or comments with us, you can pass all of this to us through our website bjjmentalmodels.com you can contact us through there Uh, you can also hit us up on Facebook we're usually quite active there as well Instagram as well and if you want to join our newsletter bjjmentalmodels.com slash join and you can also buy our super cool merchandise on bjjmentalmodels.com slash store got these plugs down it's very good anything else we want to plug taints taints you don't really play. Okay, speaking of speaking of which, I I was doing some taint based research. Well, we'll add, we're going to add some levity to this show, but um, I can't remember exactly how this came up. But I decided I needed I needed a like a taint article or a taint meme or something like that. So I was googling taints as as I do, and I found this article about people who get taint acupuncture. Now. I I cannot think of a worse thing to do to yourself than get taint acupuncture. Now that that said, if you are sparring with like an island top team or a Rob Bernacki guy and they keep taint sweeping you, maybe this is a way to like Release. toughen up your well, t- <laughs> toughen up your taint. It's like you know, like training your taint. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Oh god. Anyway, I'm going to ask for that, I think. Taint acupuncture. I wonder if uh, my wife's work benefits will cover that. I want you to go (laughs) into an acupuncturist and be like, I got some issues with my taint. (laughs) 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 Can you just get out those needles? I'm just going to drop trow or just like, you've got like two two to three inches to work with. Just go nuts. (laughs) I'm wondering what position would I use? Would I use... Like I think you'd want to be guard position, or would I use the turtle position? I think you'd want to be like laying flat on your stomach, legs akimbo. I think that would be the yeah. best turtle, turtle basically. But like, I, I don't know, I don't know. Write in and tell us, guys. I'm sure that some yeah. of you have thought of this already, or if maybe you've had taint acupuncture. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk about real trauma and anxiety, write in and tell us about your taint based acupuncture experience. <laughs> Okay, I I think that's enough. (laughs) I'm sure you guys stopped listening 20 minutes ago. And we don't blame you at all. See you next week. See you later, guys.